Good morning, folks. On the line with me is Juneau School Board President Elizabeth Sidden. The board meets tomorrow. There was an good item... morning. <laughs> good morning. My apologies. I forgot about that. Now, there was an item on the agenda regarding COVID testing for district employees. From what I read, the aim is to repeal the weekly testing requirement, right? Uh, that is what is in front of the board tomorrow night, and we'll be discussing and taking action, yes. Okay. And who was this testing specifically for? When the board put this testing requirement in place uh, towards the beginning of uh, last school year, maybe just prior to the beginning of the school year, the requirement um, was mandatory for unvaccinated staff, and vaccinated staff uh, retained the option to participate in the testing program as well throughout the year. Um, and so with the sort of landscape of COVID changing and uh, uh, rates of infection between vaccinated and unvaccinated shifting, uh, we're considering uh, changes to that testing requirement as well. Uh, how do you feel about the proposed repeal? Uh, me personally, I think it's probably the right step at this point to repeal that testing requirement. If we think about um, the sort of what we're trying to do always, our end goal has been kids in classrooms with their teachers. Um, and initially that testing requirement was a layer in our mitigation that helped ensure teachers and students, you know, that the transmission of COVID in classrooms was reduced. Um, but the sort of trade-off in that the efficacy or the effect of that um, testing requirement has lessened over time with the way COVID has changed and transmission has changed. And so uh, I think that's probably not uh, as effective as other mitigations at this point. Um, I had saw that another part of the memo stated that continuing the testing would have incurred costs to the district. How might that be influencing your thinking on this item? Uh, you know, I think for me personally, that isn't um, the reason not to do it. Uh, I think it's part of the consideration we will have in front of us if we were to continue it. Where would we um, find, you know, find those dollars from to support it? Um, but certainly if we felt like that was um, highly effective at reaching our goals of, again, kids in classrooms with their teachers, then, uh, I, you know, the, the board would have to discuss where we find those funds from. Very good. And on a, on, on a different COVID funding topic, Tell us about the proposal to increase substitute pay. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, I think this will be an interesting discussion tomorrow night. It is something that the board has uh, prioritized in terms of recruiting and retaining substitute teachers. We know um, it has been one of the harder sort of burdens of, of coming through COVID is that we don't have um, substitutes in our buildings at the level that, that we need them if staff are out sick or uh, needing had been needing to quarantine. So um, we had asked the administration to consider ways to increase um, interest in people 
being substitutes in our buildings. We offered a um, like a signing bonus last spring that uh, was an effective strategy to uh, encourage more people to substitute. And this uh, proposal in front of us to increase their pay uh, is another strategy that that we'll consider tomorrow night. And so, if there's a substitute listening and or a would be substitute, what increase would they see if you broke down the numbers? Yeah, let me open the, um, see if it's in the uh, green sheet. So the, the proposal in front of the board would be to increase the sub pay for people that have a high school diploma. Uh, that would increase from $13 an hour to $20 an hour. And for those potential subs out there with college degrees, it would increase that uh, pay from 17 to $25 an hour. And since it's through COVID funding, might it need to be revisit? Might this increase need to be revisited later on? Yeah, so that is the discussion, you know, part of the discussion the board will have tomorrow night is this is a, a subsidy that is being covered right now out of our CARES Act COVID funds uh, and will sunset uh, in the when CARES Act money sunsets as well at the end of uh, FY24. And so we will need to, as a board, decide in our in our operating fund budget process uh, if we can find our operating fund dollars to cover that subsidy uh, when we go through the budget process in March in order to continue those uh, increased hourly rates. And what's your hope? Uh, I remember this has been an issue for a while, dare I say even before the pandemic. Uh, the lack of substitutes. Yeah. Uh, how do you yeah. feel about this proposal? Um, I mean, I personally support it. It's We've asked, uh, we have in the past as a board increased substitute pay, um, and it's certainly a strategy uh, we asked to be considered and that we, we think or hope will be attractive to people who are considering substituting. Um, and it's just such a critical piece of our system that I think gets uh, maybe overlooked, um, but in the day-to-day operations of our school buildings, it's so critical to have um, people who can cover if staff are out sick or need to leave for a doctor's appointment or are otherwise out of the building um, to have those substitutes available. Mm -hmm. So, Ebet, we're coming up to the statewide school board conference uh, AASB here in about two months. What's the board doing to prepare? Uh, good question. What's in front of us starting now ahead of that uh, November annual conference is the opportunity for us as a board, individual board members, and collectively as a board to brainstorm any resolutions that we want to bring forward to that statewide body. Uh, we have in the past as a board brought resolutions forward that have been adopted by the full body and the statewide organization. Um, so we've, we've been effective in that uh, advocacy realm before. And so tomorrow night, uh, we'll just be in first reading, just sort of opening that discussion among board members about 
maybe folks have ideas about things they want to bring forward as a resolution. So we'll open that discussion tomorrow night, um, and then it'll be in final reading at our September board meeting ahead of uh, passing those on to uh, AASB ahead of that annual conference in November. And since we're talking about a conference of all the school boards here or in the state, what issues facing education might be of importance at this year's conference, do you figure? Uh, well, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't looked on the website to see if they have a, a theme or topics, breakout sessions yet for that statewide conference, but I imagine things like school funding, um, things like support for school infrastructure, school bond debt reimbursement, you know, the the issues we face here in Juneau are, are not unique to Juneau. They are things that all districts across the state are facing that are challenges to being able to support kids in classrooms. Every dollar that we get, we want to be able to put directly into, you know, for kids in classrooms, but we have big expenses in our buildings as well uh, in infrastructure that, um, you know, we're just limited in what we can do based on state funding. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with President Sidden after these words. Stay tuned. We're back with Juno School Board President Elizabeth Sidden. Continuing our talk about tomorrow's meeting, will there be any changes to COVID mitigation at board meetings? That is one of the first topics we will discuss tomorrow night. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, you know, over the summer, over the last year, uh, and especially over the summer uh, when folks are traveling, we have largely held Zoom uh, meetings for both board members, uh, district cabinet staff, and the public. Um, but we are transitioning to bringing uh, folks back together in person as we're able. Uh, and so tomorrow night, the board and cabinet staff are um, planning to be in person at Thunder Mountain. And uh, during, we start with a work session that will start at 4.30. In that work session, we're, we'll be discussing as a board sort of all things COVID mitigation related, including uh, welcoming in-person public participation at our board meetings again, uh, as well as all uh, COVID mitigations for the school district for the upcoming school year. I see. So the board meeting mitigations is just one facet of what you'll be talking about. Yes. Yep. We'll be talking about both how our meetings operate and how the district mitigations will operate for the school year. And, but on board meetings, what do you think of Zoom at the meetings? Is this something you'd like to keep? you like to toss? What's your thoughts? I think we will likely maintain a hybrid option um, in perpetuity. It's been, you know, we will have an in-person option for board members and for the public, but there will likely continue to need to be a Zoom option, both for board members and for the public, uh, if folks are sick or folks are isolating or Folks, even beyond COVID, what we've found is it has increased participation if folks are traveling for work or otherwise maybe they're out of town for medical appointments. 
Um, and we've found increased participation at all of our meetings, including our committee meetings, uh, with the opportunity for the public to call in via Zoom. So um, I think we will maintain a hybrid option for all of our meetings. It certainly beats the uh, conference line on the phone. So. <laughs> yes. yes. <sighs> well, tell us about the six-year plan to address school maintenance that you're submitting to the state. Yeah, we do this um, every year. Our facilities committee develops a list in in conjunction with our district uh, administration and facilities as well as CBJ staff to help prioritize what our big capital improvement infrastructure projects are, things like roofs that we know um, many of our buildings need. And so the um, six-year, or sorry, uh, yeah, the six-year improvement plan this year uh, has the same projects prioritized as we submitted last year. Um, Roofs like uh, Saeed Gastineau, Zantikihini, Riverbend, those have been our priorities for several years, uh, and we submit them for reimbursement through the Department of Education They've also, work on those projects has been able to move forward through the voter-approved bond package two years ago. So, uh, as many people have probably seen, um, you know, Santa Kihini, uh, excuse me, Cuxtaguluhin uh, Elementary School now um, are having roof work done this summer, and, and they will be open to students starting on the 16th. So this is only a request to the state. The the state would then have to decide to act on these, right? Exactly, yes. And so um, we we submit these. um, We hope for reimbursement to be recognized as a a need statewide, that these are needs that the state should support. Uh, And in the meantime, we move forward with other processes to get these kinds of projects uh, completed because of the need to, in order to have safe schools for our students. So looking at the list, what are some of the projects for 2024? I believe that's the earliest part of the plan. Yeah, and so at the top, um, the Saeed Gastineau roof, that's being completed this summer and then would be eligible for reimbursement uh, as our number one priority on this uh, capital improvement plan. Santa Kahini and Cuxtaguluhin similarly being finished this summer. Um, and then we would move down. The next project would be the Juno Douglas High School roof repair. Um, there is a section of that roof um, that is leaking. Um, Floyd Dryden, similarly, a section, a, a wing of that school roof um, has leaks. And then um, the big projects that have been on this list and been uh, on the, the board's mind and in conversations with, with the assembly are the major renovations to Mendenhall River Community School and the and Marie Drake. Mm. And those... Those have some pretty big price tags on them. (laughs) 
They do. Mendenhall River Community School and Murray Drake would be, um, you know, really uh, overhauls, complete renovations, um, not, not, you know, a roof or, you know, piecing things together to, um, to keep the buildings in shape. Um, although the facilities committee in conjunction with the assembly will work on breaking those out, you know, absent getting these big ticket whole projects funded, can we uh, step through these renovations in pieces? And if we were to step through them in pieces, what would those pieces be and in what order, in what priority? So that is work of our facilities committee that will happen this year, again, in conjunction with district and CBJ facilities staff um, to help um, help us with that prioritization and that breakdown of if we were to step through these big projects in smaller steps. Very good. Now, I wanted to ask you about the contract with Nana. My understanding is that's until the end of this year. So what's next for the contract? When does board action need to be taken again on it? Yeah, great question. So at the end of, I'm losing track of dates, but over the summer, um, you know, any of any big contracts like that with our food services provider have lead times uh, and need to be put in place in order to be able to be up and running for the first day of school. So the board faced that date um, back in, I think it was June, what we would do with the current NANA contract moving into the school year, uh, what we voted to do and was approved by the Department of Education was to continue with uh, NANA food services through this calendar year. So through the through December 31st, you're the first semester of the school year, uh, so that the board uh, also in parallel has authorized investigations into the floor sealant issue um, that happened earlier this summer and allowing those investigations to take place, allowing the board to receive that information and make a decision then moving forward into January of 2023 for the spring semester, what to do with that food services contract. At that point, again, there will be lead times needed, so we can't make that decision December 31st. The administration is um, pulling together uh, other potential options that could be in front of the board for alternative food services contracts um, or barring, you know, the results of the investigations, we could continue uh, a new uh, second half of the year contract with NANA. So the uh, investigations are happening in parallel with this first uh, sort of half of the year contract with NANA. Plus school's just a corner away here. What, about a week <laughs> Yeah, next Tuesday starts for uh, most grades. Our, our pre-K and integrated pre-K start kindergarten a, a few days later, but most we will be welcoming those students back a, a week from tomorrow. Well, is there anything you'd like to say to the students and their families before we before we close out the program? You know, we're excited. You know, I'm a parent. I have a kid. You know, entering entering school again. It's hard to believe. Summer's over, um, but we all know it feels a little like fall these days. So um, 
you know, it's just that beginning of the year excitement to have kids back, you know, in, in school with their friends. Um, just looking forward to that, to getting the school year started. Is there anything you'd like to add, President Sidden? Uh, no. Thank you for the time this morning. And um, as always, you can folks can email the board, schoolboard at junoschools.org, with any um, any topics or things they would like to uh, as a board to consider ahead of tomorrow's meeting. And the details for tomorrow's meeting? On our website, if you go to um, our Juno School District website on the left-hand side under calendars, you'll find uh, links to the work session uh, and the regular board meeting. Our work session starts at 4.30. We don't take any action during work sessions, and we also don't take public comment. That's just an opportunity for board discussion. Uh, And then we will have an opportunity for public comment in our regular board meeting starting at 6. That's Juno School District. Juno School Board President Elizabeth Sidden. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Kevin. Take care. You too.